Hey friends, Candace here, and welcome back to another episode of Reality Nightcap. Sitting here on a Tuesday night, it's 10 o'clock at night, <laughs> my dog's pacing around like, what the heck is this crazy woman doing recording in her office? You're always here, mom. You're always in this office. I think that's what he says. Um, no, <laughs> um, I have a glass of Pinot Grigio ready to go. And I just, you know, I get in these moods I'm a, and I'm a night owl. I'm sure many of you know this. It's, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone that knows me, but I'm definitely a night owl. And I also had a lot of catching up to do with many shows this last week. I went and traveled um, with my husband, Matt. We went to a wedding. Congratulations, Lindsay and Curtis. Woohoo! Uh, we also, it was beautiful, by the way, stunningly gorgeous. Her dress was amazing and just the group was fantastic. It was so warm and the venue was gorgeous. It was like this botanical kind of garden vibe with an outdoor wedding next to this lily pond and then this beautiful tent with all these twinkly lights underneath, like starry night vibes, but also had whimsical like greenery all over the tent too and these long elegant you know barn wood tables so it was it was pretty amazing i am very jealous um i thought it went off without a hitch so congrats to them and we got to see um some great friends this weekend too um all of matt's friends that he grew up with and went to high school with in stockton california all um, got together and got the gang all together, the kids and friends and significant others around the pool and played games and water balloon fights and um, some beer pong and rage cage. It was just a great, great weekend. I traveled back on Sunday with Matt and <laughs> it was one, we did one thing that we had been looking forward to and had never done. So I don't know if any of you guys have, I'm sure there's other people out there, but I personally have never flown a first class before. Before we checked into our flights, Matt sent me a screenshot and he's like, oh my God, we could upgrade our flight back from LA to Dallas to first class for like 150 bucks. And we almost did that for our honeymoon, but it was like 680 per ticket and we had two flights. It was like 680 plus 680 twice <laughs> um, per couple. So I'm terrible at math, but we didn't get a chance to do it for our honeymoon. So we were really bummed. And this time around, I was like, we're going to be really tired after the amount of stuff we're doing. Screw it. Let's book it. And the attitude and air of myself that changed the minute we got those priority tags on our damn bags. I just felt like, hello, peasants. Good day to you all. I'm boarding group one. Move aside. Move aside. Move aside, sir. Matt was so annoyed at me. <laughs> he was like, they will call group one. Chill the F out. <laughs> oh my God. It was so funny, but it was amazing. And the only thing I'm actually super bummed about is that we didn't know to pre-order a meal and we shoved our faces full of California burritos in LA before we got to the airport, which I have zero regrets about because we have yet to find amazing California burritos here in Texas. 
not surprised, AKA California burrito, but I did find one place that called it a California burrito. So I will say that it does exist, but they are rare, but they're out there. Um, yeah. So stuffed our faces. We board the fly. They give us a hot towel. It was absolutely lovely. Um, I enjoyed every moment of it. And then they come around and he's like, the guy, the server guy's like, um, so I have a, a green quinoa salad for you. I'm like, oh, okay. And honestly, I'm, I'm good with the vegetarian option. I love me some tofu. I've kind of recently been a little bit turned off by meat. And if I only could do vegetarian and, or even, um, fish, like, uh, what's it called? Pescatarian. Oh my God. You guys, I have to look it up. I almost said Episcopalian. That's a religion. Um, no, I feel like a little bit goofy tonight, guys. Sorry, I'm tired. I have some wine in front of me. So I'm just being a little bit silly today. Um, but he's like, we only have the vegetarian um, option only. And yeah, that's what you're going to get. Everybody else pre-ordered. So sucks to suck. So I basically was like, dang. And then all of a sudden he comes around and he's like, just kidding. I have some extra meals for you guys, but it ended up being this really weird, like red meat that I barely touched. And then a mac and baked mac and cheese, which that's cool with me. So it was, it was lovely. Um, I have to say, I don't know how I'm ever going to go back to regular seats. This is just, I, I belong in first class, I believe, but my wallet just isn't there yet, you guys. It is It is not. I'll, I'll admit that. Or Matt wouldn't let it be there. <laughs> he, unless there's another deal like that, then he may let us swing it. He tends to be the smarter-minded one with finances where I'm like, YOLO, let's do it. Anyway, it was it was lovely. What a great weekend. I actually felt very refreshed coming home. I feel like a lot of trips lately I've just felt completely depleted after. And so it felt really nice to just come into this week raring to go. I felt energized. I felt like my battery was recharged. So that's the way to start a week. I I really really am over taking trips where it's like go go go. And you're trying to make time for everyone and everything. Um, lately, I just don't have the energy for that. Maybe I'm just getting older. Is that a sign of being mature and and entering into your mid 30s? I don't know, but I'm sensing that 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 might be what it is. Anyway, um, last week's episode, I know it was a long one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Alex is one of my best friends, but I will say, I listened to to it back myself. And I think I posted this on Instagram, but in case any of you didn't see it and are listening to this, I am extremely well aware of how many times I say like, no one said anything to me about it, but I'm overly aware of my shortcomings or faults, let's say. And I notice those little things when I hear myself back and dang, was it annoying? So thank you for bearing with me through the like, 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 like. And I'm trying to mentally be cautious of it. When you record these episodes by yourself, it's actually much harder only because you are filling the space with filler words, ums. I'm very well aware of those too. I 
makes myself cringe. I'm working on it. Just know that. And every day I can only try to do better. So this is what I'm here to do. Um, Anyway, I am excited this week. It's a solo mission episode, if you can't tell already. And honestly, I am good with that this week because there was so much content that came out and I cannot put that on somebody else to watch. I was cramming a bunch in. I was actually just watching the recent episodes of Real Housewives of Atlanta because it's been extremely long and overdue that we've talked about Atlanta. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about one of my personal favorite new things that has just started, Real Housewives of New York. Thank you, Lord. New York is back in our lives. I don't know what it is about the city. I think I just am drawn to it. I secretly wished, maybe not so secretly anymore, that I lived there maybe in my early 20s. Never did. But it is something in a place that I am drawn to. I think just the hustle and bustle, everybody's go, go, go. Now that I now live in the country, I don't think I would want to live in New York. But there's something very appealing to me about that city and about the people in it. So really excited to talk about that new, um, the premiere actually. Then we also have Real Housewives of Orange County and Crappy Lake or Crappy Lake, sorry. Crappy, I figured out, which we'll talk about this, uh, Crappy Lake with Luann and Sonia are, the lake is essentially named after the fish crappies because that's what a lot of people fish for. So learn something new this week about that. And we will also be getting into the finale of Below Deck. Um, So lots on our plate this week, but if we have time, I may touch on the episode of um, the Kardashians. I feel like it's a very Bravo-centric episode this week just because I have not given it my attention as much as I would love to have in the last few weeks. So we're going to get back into kind of our regular rhythm that we were doing before the last couple like Below Deck episodes, the Kardashian-centric episode. So we're going to get more into talking about what we think about what's actually airing right now across Bravo. Um, I know The Bachelorette just started, which I am behind. I've only watched the first episode, so I want to watch it. I just find it so hard to get into it when you don't know the the characters and the players. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. It's like watching a new episode of Real Housewives, like Salt Lake City and Miami and even New York now, which New York I found actually a little bit easier to connect with. But whenever you're getting to know those people, it's kind of like you're not invested yet. And so I'm just not invested in The Bachelorette yet. Um, I will get there. I will keep watching. So I'm just very behind. I had a ton of TV to watch since I was traveling um, since last Thursday. So I will get into it. I promise. I don't know how many of you are watching The Bachelorette, but shoot me a DM if you are and you really want me to talk about it. If nobody is wanting me to talk about it, then we can leave it up to the other hundred people out here on the podcast land that are covering that shit. (laughs) To be honest, I can use with one thing less on my plate and just enjoy it without taking notes. Anyway, um, what else is new? You guys, I, oh man, it is a thousand degrees here in Texas, but I hate talking about the weather. So I won't spend too much time on that, but no, I, because it's been so hot here, I have been definitely spending more time inside. And when I'm not covering reality TV stuff and and taking notes on it, I have been on a major, major, major true crime bender. Like 
just, oh, I've just been deep in the burrows of murder and missing people. It's quite possibly maybe unhealthy now that I think about it, but you know what? This is just who I am. So accept me for that. Now, a couple of the documentaries that I've been watching, and I think you guys should too, are one is called Betrayal, The Perfect Husband. It just came out on Hulu and it's three parts. I thought it was fantastic. I binged it all in one day and I'll, I won't, you know, give anything away, but basically a woman that was married to her husband for around seven years, it was actually her high school sweetheart, but they reconnected later in life after they had both been married and divorced. So later kind of reconnected high school sweethearts and he turns out to be a disgusting pig, basically. Um, I'll leave it at that, and you guys should absolutely watch that one. It was fantastic. Um, And then we have another one that I discovered via another podcast called True Crime Obsessed, which shout out to Tess. Um, She turned me on to that podcast, and I love it. Uh, Their recent episode that they posted this week is called A Murder in Mansfield, and it's about a just tragic uh, killing a a husband murdered his wife and the son heard it. And he takes the stand of the trial and you hear him then and you get to see it and him in the trial back in 1990. And then you he's put basically producing the documentary. And so you get to hear firsthand from him and he sits down with his dad and confronts him in prison. It's wonderful. Uh, he is one of the sharpest 12 year old kids on tr- the stand of, of being a witness on trial that I've ever seen before. So it was just fascinating to hear from him. And um, that was wonderful. It was, I mean, it's a, ter- a tragedy and a terrible story, but a really, really interesting documentary that I watched today, actually. And then there was one more, uh, which was uh, Fatal Attraction Murder. Um, let me figure out where that one is. And, and A Murder in Mansfield, by the way, is on Amazon. I did pay like $2.99 to watch it, but I thought it was worth it. Um, let's see what Fatal Attraction murder. Sorry. I should have looked this up before. Um, is on. That one's a really good one. You actually hear the woman that did go to prison for like 20 plus years. She, her name's Carolyn Warmus. Um, and she's accused of murdering her, her, you know, secret lover, I guess his wife. Um, she was found kind of, you know, murdered in her living room. And I personally think that the husband and the girlfriend were in on it together because he was just a piece of work. And I feel like got off scotch-free, but that's a whole nother story. You guys watch it and tell me what you think. It's also three parts. And I believe it's on Oxygen. Um, or, and I know I watched it on Peacock. So super easy. Hopefully some of you guys have peacocks to watch some of the other Bravo shows. If you don't, there's a kind of baseline cheap version you can opt into with commercials. So if you're looking for some docs, would recommend all three of those for sure. Now, what do we want to talk about first? I really think I want to get into Real Housewives of New York because 
I'm itching to talk about it. So let's get into it next. Okay, Real Housewives of New York. I am so happy that this city is back on our screens. I don't know where I've heard this for before, so I can't claim it, but there are a lot of people that I've always heard say in the previous Real Housewives of New York and in Sex in the City, New York ends up being this extra character. It has its own vibe. It has its own energy. So I feel like it really adds to the scenes and to the environment. So having just a, a new cast there, I'm just incredibly happy. Although I will say I definitely had missed, missed the women from before, but it was never going to be the same after Bethany and everybody else left. It's just, just not the same. So we have a whole new brand, like a whole new brand new cast, <laughs> a whole new cast. And the women are, I'm just going to go from the order of how they were introduced to us in the episode. So we have Bryn. She's a brand marketing consultant. She, to me, she's very like boisterous, very high energy, very bubbly. She definitely has, they had this in one of their previews that she adds some sort of like flirtation or sexuality into almost everything she says, which to me seems almost like a like a barrier. Like she uses that as that like almost like a defense mechanism and so that people can't really like penetrate and see the real her. So there's something that I'm just not really loving about her, just my first instinct. But moving on. Jenna is um Jenna Lyons, who we know was the former president, I believe, of J. Crew. Um, but now she is an entre- interior designer and entrepreneur. I am instantly kind of drawn to her and just her quirkiness. I had heard so much about her, but didn't really know anything about her before this. And I really love her apartment and her style and just her whole vibe. It does sound like she's a lesbian. So I wonder if she, I mean, she's not the first lesbian that we're seeing on Real Housewives, as we know, down in Miami. But um, we we will, I guess, get to see hopefully some of her life and just a difference of opinion, which is going to be super cool, I think, and what's needed. Um, Jessel is a publicist, um, born and raised in London, moved here, I think, like 20 years ago, it sounds like. Then we have Sai, who is the influencer and creator already off to a great start, kind of making the girls take pictures of her in the wild. Um, and it sounds like she's the sole provider and her husband isn't necessarily, he's retired is what he said in, in the intro. So I found that really interesting. Um, I'm curious like if she's going to talk more about how she's paid for being an influencer and kind of peeking behind that curtain. And then we have Uba. She's a model and entrepreneur absolutely stunning. I am very drawn to her. She was talking about how much she loves to eat and she just doesn't seem very serious or very just like, you know, like a typical model sometimes might be where they're, everything has to be perfect and, you know, they're careful about what they eat and everything. She just seems super down to earth, which I really could see right off the bat, which I liked. Erin is a born and raised New Yorker, I believe. Um, She's a model and entrepreneur. I loved the scenes of her where she brought in her family. She has a really large Jewish family and they're all extremely close. So that was really cool to see. I feel like we haven't really had that Jewish um, 
a bit like anybody Jewish in housewives actually have a big representation specifically in New York since we know there's such a large community there. So I'm super excited to see that. And then also side note, and that's it actually, sorry. Um, but side note, there are two children named Rio, which I was dying over. My little brother name is Rio. Granted, he's like 30 years old and I've never met anybody else named Rio. So shout out to my brother. Your name's really popping off and trendy, I guess, these days for young children. So sorry, you're not the only one anymore. Um, <laughs> anyways, the girls really get into it though, right off the bat. It seems like there has been a couple different scenarios we find out from the jump that there is a entire debacle over all the women and their husbands are getting together to go to a restaurant. All of the restaurants are booked up. And so they go to a restaurant that they continue to bleep out. It sounds like they don't want them to you know, muddy their reputation. So we don't know what restaurant they're talking crap about, but they go to this restaurant and it's a massive group. So that's why I think reservations were hard to come by. And it sounds like Sai and Bryn specifically just are like, actually, just kidding. We're going to go home. But they lie and they do go out and they go to, um, I think, one of the really popular Italian restaurants that there, Casa Cipriati's or something like that. I've never been, but I've heard a lot about it. So it sounds like they wanted to go where they could be seen and they didn't want to go to a place that was supposedly only cool back in 2012. Um, it seemed a little bit just kind of silly from the jump. I mean, and then you have like Sai making jokes like, why would we go to an Olive Garden and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, you're not like, this is your first impression to the public. And many people out there are not going to relate to you not wanting to go to a restaurant that's so 2012. They're just not. And so I'm not sure how they're going to fare well with fans off the jump. Um, I'm already kind of picking up on some not so chill vibes to be honest. Uh, but Erin didn't like that. She really was annoyed that they did that. And then on top of it, it sounds like I think it was Erin or one of the gals was hosting them over and Erin had a charcuterie board. I think it was her house because she had the charcuterie board. And there's this whole drama that, and it's kind of hard to track you guys. I was literally bouncing back and forth being like, okay, wait, what happened? From what I gather, it sounds like Bryn thought she overheard Sai and Aaron talking and and Sai saying something about like, oh, you have cheese? Like, that's so weird and ew. And then Aaron being like, oh, why is that weird? Like, kind of getting annoyed that she would say that. But then Sai says, actually, no, like I had a mouthful of cheese. And then Aaron's like, I never said that or was mad that she said she didn't like cheese. Like, I was making a joke. But it was like a miscommunication. But it sounds like to me at the end of the day that Bryn is kind of blowing up this whole thing. And it's stupid, but I don't know why they're taking it so seriously. Like, who cares if you think cheese is weird? If you think cheese is weird, then you're weird. Okay. Moving on. There, there then seems to be some more... Um, stuff that happens like they they do bring it up later so not really moving on sorry i'm looking back at my notes and jenna is hosting the gals over for 
kind of a, a maybe like a welcome dinner sort of thing but she has cheese everywhere she has charcuterie everywhere she has fondue everywhere it's fantastic it looks like the party that i want to be at to be honest and she really goes you know i'm just going to lean into this cheese tension and it could go bad <laughs> and so all the women show up and I love her apartment. It's so eclectic and fun and the different colors and the light, you know, like pink couches and velvet. She really has an eye for just texture and style and bringing different things together that may not originally go together. So I absolutely loved her apartment. I thought it was fabulous. It definitely was a weird layout. I think you'd walk through the closet to get to the bathroom, but whatever. Who doesn't want to look at your stuff when you're walking through your house. Like it's like her trophy room of shoes. Um, <laughs> uh, but the girls, you know, I, I think, I think they're making it something out of nothing. Like I was saying, and Aaron is more so upset about the dinner plans at the end of the day. So Brynn is like blowing it up being like, I'm about to get murdered and <laughs> Aaron's going to kill me and blah, blah, blah. And she, is like, hey, can we you know, talk about this? And has her come back into Jenna's room and they're sitting there and it sounds like Bryn was kind of holding her, her ground, but at the same time, she really seems like a frustrating person to have a fight with because she is very nice, like almost not too nice, but it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And like kind of bends over in a way. And so, I think Aaron was looking for a little bit more. And then at the end of it, she was like, it's hard to be stay mad at her. She's pretty nice and she just wants to have a good time. So they actually squash it right off the bat. Sai and Aaron hash it out like right before that. And I appreciated the way Sai handled that. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about her, but she was really straightforward. And she was like, you know what? I totally bailed on your dinner. I did. I didn't want to go. And I made other plans. And I'm so sorry about that. And that to me takes a lot of guts and courage. So I positive green check mark for Sai in my book. Now we get some future shots of the season. It looks really fun. And I'm I'm just excited for this new group and to see where it goes. So yeah, I mean, it's early on, right? Like we never know if it's going to be that good, if it's going to be one of those things where they're stringing along these super produced topics, but I was very, very impressed for this being a brand new cast in and season. The shots, the production, the music, everything was really well done. The women's kind of shots of them like being introduced whenever it's their turn, like when they're getting filmed in the show, everything was really, really well done. So kudos to the New York producers and the cast. I'm very excited to watch. Let's talk about Crappie Lake next since we're on our topic of kind of New York women because I want to talk about Sonia and Luann's new show. All right, coming up next. Crappie Lake with Sonia and Luann, which pardon me, but I was calling it Crappie Lake. So I am so sorry. But I learned, as I was mentioning earlier, that they name the lake after the fish that are really popular there. So crappie fishing, which I actually knew a lot about crappie fishing because that's 
a lot of the fish that um, hang out in the pond that is in front of my mom's house. So really good fish. Um, I mean, it's not amazing, but you can definitely cook with it. And they're kind of just like little baby lake fishes. <laughs> Anyways, um, I cannot tell you, I was so thrilled just to have these women back on our screen. Sonia and Luann feel like home to me. Like I've been watching these women for over 10 years. And so they're just so silly and fun loving and boy crazy. And they just don't care about embarrassing themselves. And I think going into this show, they actually interview a lot of the people from the town very much like the simple life it is giving me a ton of simple life meets shit meets shit creek energy if you know what i mean um because they're staying in this motel which we'll get into but they interview all the townspeople and they're all worried that these producers are gonna bring in these hollywood just bougie people that are not going to be willing to you know get to know them and their town and Luann and Sonia, while they are very just kind of hoity-toity at times, Luann's packing like her Louis Vuitton box with the stuff, they still can get down and dirty, which we see in these first three episodes. I'm caught up this week. There's been three. I think it's airing on Sundays on Bravo. Um, but they're extremely digestible episodes. They're only 30 minutes, so they're very easy to get through. And it starts off with them introducing like why they're going to Benton, Illinois. And one of the producers is the reason why. And so um, they introduce him and his name is Russell. He's a reality TV producer from this town. And it sounds like the town really went through some issues during COVID. A ton of businesses closed. I don't think they were ever a crazy tourist destination, but they definitely have seen a lot of impact um, happened from since COVID and they need help bringing the life back to town and spreading the awareness of their town. So he has this bright idea to bring the women there, spread awareness, help with just renovating parks, renovating different areas of town, helping out some of the local businesses and putting on a show at the end of it. They're there for five weeks total. Um, they're in Benton and it is it just it's so cute you guys i absolutely love it they the townspeople it's i don't remember how many people were there but it's a very small town and they roll out the red carpet for them literally they're like which red carpet should we roll on the ground for them as the exit their private jet and they have no idea who's coming so that part was cute um they're trying to guess but it's it's just hilarious. And then Sonia and Luann, they shows them packing before they get there. And Sonia, I guess she had some liposuction done and she's leaking. So she's like, of course, like in the townhouse, all a mess. Everything's just scattered everywhere. She has her assistant surrounding her. And she's like, I need to stop, cover my um, leaky parts for my liposuction. And she's showing all the parts that she got liposuction in, which she looks fantastic. I mean, the woman literally has an Asia day. I don't know how she does it. But then Luann, of course, is packing statement necklaces, which extremely on brand for her. But they land, they roll out the red carpet for them, and they take them to this motel. And it's, I believe it's called the Benton Motel. And I'm not going to lie, it is kind of scary. It's these two queen beds with the old school motel cover on top with the florals. You know what I'm talking about, that they don't, they don't wash that, right? Like, I've always thought that, and a lot of hotels have moved away from that, thank goodness, but definitely 
need some new covers on there and Luann without skipping a beat already has like a duvet cover and everything on there, which was amazing. But it's, it's wild. And the room within 24 hours is their rooms are completely a mess. They both have separate rooms next to each other with little fold out chairs right outside of the front door, extremely Schitt's Creek vibes. Um, but yeah, it's, and I don't know if anybody else got this, but Sonia has a watermelon on her TV stand right across from her bed full of vibrators. So I'm not sure really what's going on there, but the woman has a lot, a lot of qualities and a lot of accessories. Let's say she has many things flown about, thrown about all over that damn room. It's, it's a sight to see. And the guy walks in and he's like, what did you do to this room? (laughs) The owners are really cute. They're like this couple that's running it. Um, very sweet and they're helping him out, but the girls immediately, they sync up with the mayor of the town and he gives them a to-do list and basically says, I need your help. Um, getting a park put in on the other side of town because they don't have a children's park. I need your help putting on this follies. I think it is. It's like at the end of the year concert show and performance, which of course performance, like uh, so in Luann is like, I cannot wait to do some cabaret. Of course, she's immediately going that route. And then, um, I believe there's another park. I think they're putting together like a happy hour sort of situation. It's, it's in a park area. There's a couple other things on that list. Some of the other businesses need help, but then they're doing fun things along the way. Like they go mudding and they go to catch, um, they go noodling, which is where you catch, catch catfish. And Luann actually caught a catfish on her very first attempt. So I was very impressed. Um, it seems like they really just go with the flow. Um, they're also starting to put on auditions for the end of the year, or end of the five week performance, not end of the year, but end of their stay when they do this. I think it's an end of the summer thing. And the auditions were giving me bring it on vibes, like full on weird dancers with a girl that had like a really weird face painting from what was that was that one movie it was like a clown but not I don't know you guys just have to watch it and then some other guy like on a unicycle guitar players it was all over the board so I'm not really sure how they're gonna put together a performance that's gonna win over the crowd I'm sure they'll be able to pull some strings but we shall see and then <laughs> The girls, my favorite part, I think it was episode two, they go out and it's their first night out on the town. And of course, they're on the hunt for some boys um, or men, I should say. And Lou and them, they get into this bar and there's bras hanging everywhere. And it's a pub. It's not even a bar. Um, and or watering hole, I guess you could even say too, is I what I would credit that as. And this man is standing there and he has this like goatee with a braid on it. And Lou does not skip a beat. She's like saying something to him. And she's like, look at this goat tea. And he goes, bah. <laughs> she baths after him. She goes, bah. And she grabs it. She goes, come over here. <laughs> I was deceased. Like I, she did not skip a beat. It was amazing. 
And then there's this other gentleman there who starts kind of making eyes at, at Sonia, or he, she thinks he is. He's just being chill and being casual, but he definitely has an air of confidence about him. And of course, that draws Sonia to him like a moth to a flame. And Sonia leaves with his guy. She leaves with him on the first night out, and the next morning, she admits that they slept together and he invited them to go mudding where they are taking these big trucks through the mud and he's going to be a, bring a friend. Um, it's, it's very entertaining. And one of the other things I thought was really cool though is, um, and I, I should have mentioned this is when they were the mayor was talking about how they were going to help the town. And a lot of it is about kind of raising money and, and fundraising to get playgrounds donated and things for these parks. And so I thought that was really cool that really Sonia and Luann, because I was like, are they going to be paying for this or is the show? That's what wasn't really clear at first. And then they made it pretty clear that no, they're going to use their connections and I'm sure they'll help a little bit, but mostly they're donating their time. And then they're having things like big playgrounds donated. And at one of the ends, the end of the third episode, they have this beautiful state-of-the-art like Rolls-Royce type of playground that's going to be donated. All of a sudden, it falls through due to supply chain and inventory, and they start freaking out. And they've already told the mayor that they had it in the bag, and he's all excited. And so they're panicking, and they're like role-playing. What are we going to say to him? And they're like, you know, let's just pack our bags and get out of here because I can't, I can't break the news to him. But it is such a cute show, you guys. If you aren't watching, even if you haven't watched Real Housewives of New York, the OGs with Sonia and Luann on it, I don't care. Watch this new show, Crappy Lake. It's on Bravo, 30 minutes a pop. It's so cute and funny, and I think you guys will really like it. So next up, let's talk about Below Deck. Um, we had the end of the season finale and reunion part one. I know that a second part of the reunion I saw was actually airing tonight, and I just did not have enough time to watch that before recording that. So we're going to cover that, and then next week we'll cover the final reunion because they are saving the juicy shit for that one. So we'll talk about that next. I'm so sad that this season of Below Deck Sailing Yacht season four is coming to an end. I am obsessed with it, you guys. If you are not watching, I encourage you to do so like right now. It is fantastic. It's probably one of the best Below Deck seasons I've watched since Kate Chastain left, which she's on kind of original below deck seasons and hasn't been on for quite a few years. It is just wonderful. Like this cast specifically, there's so much chemistry. Not only are they all very good looking, we can, we can be honest about that, but there are multiple love triangles happening. We have Colin, Gary, and Daisy in a love triangle. We have Gary, Mads, and Alex in a love triangle. And then we have cute little Chase over here pining for Chef Aisha, Alicia, can never say her name right, her attention, but she has a boyfriend as well. So, and they have this kind of little love friendship thing going on, which we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about later. But there is so much happening here. 
And they all, and I realized this later on, but the interior crew mentioned this in the reunion. They all got along the entire season. There was no like major crazy blowups in the interior between the chief stews, the stews or the chef. I mean, of course, Gary and his crew had a little bit of issues on deck just with his management, but it was smooth sailing. And I don't know that we've ever had that. We usually have all the drama that's happening between who's splitting the work, who is doing this, who's going to be second to like, it's insane, but they actually all worked so much in harmony. And then the issues that they were having were more so about their hookups, which it made for an incredible season. So we have the last couple episodes, There's there, they had a double header. They aired the last final two episodes of the season. Um, and it, it kind of wraps up with Gary is continuously throwing Colin under the bus in terms of telling Alex, like, hey, Colin said the boat looks like shit. Or not Colin, I'm so sorry. Chase. I always get Chase and Colin mixed up. So Gary saying Chase, like, said, it looked like shit this morning. Um, you didn't really clean up that much. And I loved that at the end, Chase and Alex realized that the issue is Gary at the end of the day. And it, they really put it into perspective that Gary is never getting them together as a team, talking it out, resolving issues, coming up with solutions, developing them, coaching them. He's really not that kind of guy. He just kind of is like, do this, do that. That needs to be done. Get this done. It's just not his his style. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in a second, but he could really benefit from watching himself. And we find out that he does not indeed watch himself on the show. Oh, sigh. Um, anyways, then, um, we start to, or not, we start to gosh. Um, I want to talk about Captain Glenn because I I've been watching the sailing one since the very first season. And Captain Glenn, it was kind of okay to me in the very beginning. I think he was getting his bearings, maybe getting comfortable in front of the camera, but he has really grown on me. The just cuteness and, and the things that he does are so sweet. He, They're playing classical music when he's playing chess on his own, and they're picking up his little sound bites where he's like, yeah, baby. And he's always like, yeah, dude. And these high pitched like little moments, I'm obsessed with him. I want to put him in my pocket and I want to keep him all there just to give me words of encouragement and say, yeah, baby. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I absolutely love him. But um, the the crew is out. They're going out um, on a van ride and or not a van ride, but they're going out out partying and it is the most awkward van ride I've ever seen. Um, Daisy tries to basically force the boys, Colin and Gary, to get into the van and talk it out. And they don't want to. That, that's being forced. Like, these guys are not about to do that. They end up talking on, on their own after that. But it's – they're just – they need to work it out themselves. Like, they're they're pissed off at one another for not being honest and Gary not telling him that he hooked up with Daisy after the last season and, you know, before Colin started getting feelings for her. So I think they'll work it out, but they just need time and space from one another. But they do end up talking a little bit about it and just trying to kind of hear each other out, if anything. And then we get into um, them coming home and Daisy 
calls Colin Gary in bed. He's like, Gary, what are you doing in my bed? Could you imagine that? He Colin freaks out and is pissed. She was super drunk, but it's absolutely awful. Um, that part was just extremely cringy. And then we have Gary later on as they go into charter, he's trying to kind of flirt with her and push himself on her. And she really isn't putting her foot down, which I think pissed me off the most is that she wasn't saying like, no, stop it. I'm with Colin. Like this is inappropriate. She just kind of was like, oh, stop Gary. Like, oh, no, don't do that. And poor Colin, like he's, he's pissed and I would be too. Um, and then the, they pick up their next charter and, and of course the stews and everybody's just absolutely. Yeah. The stews are slacking. Everybody's just kind of done and tapped out and counting down the minutes until the end of their official tra- season. But Alicia as a chef is really pulling it out. She's doing like 10 course plus dinners. And I feel like she is the most even killed chef we've ever seen. She's fantastic. Um, And then we hear some aftermath from the night before where Mads makes a comment that she is on her period, but she's not to one of the boys. And then he passes along to Gary. And then Gary is like, I cannot believe that you would you would you know almost hook up with me when you're on your period he asks her that in public like they've already picked up the charter they're on there and she is absolutely distraught like that is the most insulting thing i think you could ever say like it was just so inappropriate i couldn't believe that he said that boys are so dumb um, but he wasn't thinking and and he didn't even have the decency to apologize. He completely tried to blame Alex for it and just putting it off on every single other person. That's why I'm just still shocked, right? Even like after watching the reunion, which like I said, we'll talk about in a second, but the fact that he doesn't watch himself to actually learn from any of this is wild to me. And on top of it, Alex and Mads calls it like it is. Mads knows the situation. She knows that Gary's an idiot. She knows that it's not going anywhere. And she's mentioned it to him multiple times and he's not picking up the clues. And then Alex is like very well aware that this guy has no account, takes no accountability for his actions. He's not a good leader. He's just not even a good person in general. And so I absolutely love the way Alex is carrying himself towards the end of the season. He's no BS, addresses the shit right in front of Gary and is like, hey, what's up, man? Are you like upset with me? And Gary's just acting like a child. It is mind boggling to watch. And oh my God. Anyways, then the the people on this particular charter, it's a few gay guys, including a thruple, plus a woman. I think she's the mother of one of them. Um, and they're unhinged like they're getting wasted the thruple is fighting and they have a hot mic moment when the husband is saying like he wants to divorce his one husband and leave him and then be with his boyfriend or whatever and then the woman is like do you have a prenup and he's like no he's gonna take me for everything i have it is an amazing hot mic moment wonderful um and then but the text is the best part. It's like husband, husband, boyfriend. And they do it in every scene. So 
<laughs> oh my God, it was good shit. And as they're kind of nearing to the end, they haven't dropped off this charter yet, but it's like a two day thing. But Chase is literally saying um, he's daring Mads to hit on the guy that she actually likes as they near the end of the season, um, which is Alex. And Gary is just continues to flirt with Daisy. He continues to get upset with Mads for flirting with Alex because he wants his cake, but he, he wants to cake eat. Wait, what's that phrase? He wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. Uh, at the end of the day, all he wants to do is he wants to make Daisy jealous a hundred percent. And there is a niche, a situation in the finale that I think a couple of them make, and it's so spot on you guys. Um, so leading into the very final episode before the reunion, Gary hasn't picked up on a single hint that Mads has dropped about her saying like, this is just a fling. It's nothing serious. And producers totally throw it in his face in his confessional. And he's like, oh, wow. Like, I guess I've just always been the one that's saying that. I've never had anyone say that to me before. So his pride is completely shot. And, you know, I, th I think like I was saying, he's in it for the wrong reasons. But they go out. I think they drop off the charter. And Alex makes a move finally in the van. He starts making out with Mads. And she's extremely excited. But then it becomes this whole thing where she feels like because her and Gary have been hooking up that she needs to tell Gary that her and Alex kissed. And she tells him after the night out. And he flips out. He tells her, get the F out of my room and that she played him, blah, blah, blah. But she is spot on in her observation after this. She goes, is he mad at the way he looks like a fool or is he actually mad that I kissed Alex? 100% he's mad that he looks like a fool because he's never, ever looked like a fool. He's always been the one to make the women look like that. And he's finally getting a taste of his own medicine. And thank goodness we have somebody like Mads here that's a smart cookie. She's getting it in for herself. She's being selfish. And I just was loving every single moment of it. It was fantastic to see him get what he finally deserves for doing that to girls at season after season. Oh my God. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Alex, Alex says he needed to make a move before the end of the season because he'd been feeling that way and picking up on her Mads and, and Gary not being an official thing. And he says that to Gary. He's like, look, dude, I was picking up on vibes that you guys weren't going to be serious. She was saying that you guys weren't. And so I'm sorry that that happened that way. And Gary cannot handle it. Absolutely cannot. Um, moving then over to like Daisy and Colin, they seem like they're in a really sweet spot. They're finally setting some boundaries with Gary. Daisy says, Gary, like this is, this is our relationship with my new relationship with Colin and you have to respect it. And, and then Daisy and Colin have the talk about like what they're going to do next. It seems like a very reasonable conversation, very adult. They're in different spots and they want to stay connected and see where it goes, but they also really need to be honest with one another on if somebody else is just feeling like they can't do it tell the other person. It's going to be extremely long distance for a long time. So it's, I felt like it was really promising dun, 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 until the reunion because they did not acknowledge each other. So um, before we get into that, one of the things Alex said before 
this the final like the finale ended that i really wanted to point out was he said you grow through what you go through that resonated with me i've never heard that in a phrase like that so i just wanted to point that quote out i feel like it's it's a really good quote for any one of us to remember that the difficult times you go through are going to make you better at the end of the day. So you grow through what you go through. Love that. Even more of a reason why I love this guy, Alex. He's he's wonderful. Him and Mads need to be together. I need more information on if they've given it a shot. I think they're holding on to it for reunion part two. Blah. Annoying. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, you know, it was a great season. Um, we get into the reunion. It's Andy in the clubhouse. They have all of their faces up in the screen because they're all in different parts of the world right now. Some of them are on charter. Some of them are in Florida, which is such a hub for all of them. We have Colin out in like the Polynesian Island somewhere, um, all, all over the world. And I definitely was getting weird vibes from Daisy and Colin almost right off the bat. It, they weren't really acknowledging each other. No one was talking about it. Um, they talked a lot about like the Daisy and Glenn situations and Glenn giving her criticism throughout. I think Daisy was trying to downplay that his feedback seemed irrelevant and minuscule. So she didn't really take it in or didn't want to. But at the end of the day, she I don't I do think she has a problem and and, and she gets very defensive. So if they're like, hey, somebody got injured and you didn't answer the radio for 20 minutes, that's your job to go get that person a first aid kit and stuff. And you, you didn't do it. Figure out why she just kept giving excuses. If there's too much time in between service, always an excuse. I, I hope that she also learns from herself. It seems like she does watch it. Um, but she also was thinking like, Hey, I've got bigger fish to fry. So I do get that, but some of these things are pretty valid points. So I don't know. I, I hope that she does take some feedback and doesn't hold it against Glenn because I think he was coming from a really good place. Um, then that's when Gary comes in and, and when Daisy's kind of getting grilled on, Gary admits that he barely watches. He'd only watched a few episodes and said, you know, if, if he was asked if he would change anything and he said, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I really wouldn't. And the guys on deck like start to kind of giggle and are like, what the hell, dude? Like, you wouldn't change a thing? And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty disappointed with him in terms of like his, his opportunity to learn and, and figure out what he could do better. It just seems like he's afraid. Yeah, he's afraid. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other topic about like what interior should do, exterior should do. I feel like that's always going to be kind of a debacle, but um, one of the interesting things we find out about one of our little cozy potential couples, Alicia, the chef, broke up with her boyfriend soon after she returned from the season. She and Chase tried it out for a while, but they live extremely far apart. He's in, I believe he's in Charleston and she's um, across the pond somewhere, I think maybe in in London or something. But she admits like she's been out to visit him and he's been out there and they tried a couple times, but they live so far apart and, and it just didn't make sense for them. 
Um, so now they're just really great friends. And it seemed very cordial. I, I do, I did pick up on that. It seemed positive. They were bummed, but that it's positive. Um, and then Gary starts to get grilled on again. <laughs> and Chase had really great advice for him. Um, but again, like I just don't know if it actually seeped into Gary's brain. Like he had a very fake response and saying, like, that's great advice, Chase. Like, thank you. I will try to implement that. That's literally like super no inflection in his voice, super lame. It was who knows. Um, but the preview for this next part is gonna dive into the Daisy and Colin of it all and and a little bit of Gary. And from the preview, you guys, it looks like it's Colin and Gary against Daisy. And then being like, you're not listening to us. You're irrational. It is not looking good, you guys. So my hopes for this blossoming love affair with Daisy and Colin, I think is getting flushed down the toilet. So I'm just, I'm just really sad. (laughs) Like seriously, I was really rooting for them. We were all rooting for you. Oh, so sad. Anyway, well, um, yeah, I'll talk about part two next week. I can't even think about it. I'm, I can't even think about the season being over. It's almost like, I know it's not Vanderpump level, but you guys love triangles and it, it to me is so feel good. This show, I adore it. So below deck sailing, we'll cover part two of the reunion next week. All right, let's get into real housewives of orange County next. Good old Orange County, the OGs of the OC. Now, I I don't even think I've given this season any attention so far, so I'm excited to talk about it. I actually really love the season this year. Um, and we have new additions. We have Jen, who's come in with her cheating boyfriend, Ryan. And then we have Taylor Armstrong from Beverly Hills, which I think is one of the first crossovers we've ever had from another Housewives franchise. But I am enjoying it. I really am. I think Tamara is a great person for them to bring back and give new life to the series. So Love having her. She's already stirring shit up per usual. But the editing has me laughing. If you compare OC to even like Atlanta or New York, it's so cheesy. The transitions, the special effects around their names. I don't know. I imagine it's a different production company. As we know, they have different production companies for different cities. I think there's probably one. It's you know pretty similar for ones on the West Coast, but it's a little cheesy to be honest. Now, Jen at first, I want to talk about her because she has been, I think, very polarizing for this season so far. She seemed cool. She seems she like she had a lot going on, ton of kids, ton of animals, very busy. But I'm realizing as we move through the season that she thinks that she, she thinks she can pull one over on us, you guys that she is going to be able to tell these, spin these stories about how she met Ryan and people like Tamra are not going to call her out. But clearly she does not know how Tamra is on this show. 
and who knows how close they were before. It sounds like they were pretty close before Tamara brought her on the new, the new season, but cause they were friends from the gym and it's not going in her favor. I mean, she, she was very open about having an affair with her boyfriend, Ryan, and that's how her marriage ended two years ago. And, um, and now I, I believe he lives with her and he seemed okay. He seems very supportive and friendly and all the things, but we're finding out that he has a reputation for cheating and he specifically has a thing for married women. And so, oh man, it's, it's a, it's a laundry list of things. Tamara has claimed that while Jen and Ryan were on a brief break, we were on a break friends reference that Ryan hooked up with one of Tamara's friends and she knows that definitely happened. And then there are other instances of Ryan saying to people, which seems a little bit of like he said, she said, and tell a game of telephone where he, Tamara says that he told someone else that he said he was going to sleep with her to about Tamara when he first started going to cut fitness. So I don't know. And, and what, what gets me in all of this is that Jen and Ryan lay it on thick, like extra thick in terms of being ooey gooey and lovey dovey and just overly mushy. It's too much. And they don't know that us as an audience, we've been privy to seeing these types of relationships happen over and over and over again on housewives. And we've been there, done that. We know that this is like, there's probably some truth to these rumors. There just has to be, or else why would they exist? So I'm not buying what they're selling, if you can't tell already. And um, the return of Taylor, I do really like. I, like I was saying, I think this is the first crossover. I did really like her back on Beverly Hills um, in the early days. But she, and she hasn't really changed. She's actually maybe even gotten more sweeter than she was before. She's a very sweet girl. She plays nice, nice with most people, except for when she finds herself in the thick of talking crap about Heather's IMDb. So we'll get into that. But I just want to say Taylor's hair extensions are far too long for her. She would look much better if she shortened them up by like 10 inches. I feel like she would even look younger if she did that. So just a little bit of a tip that um, I can't stop thinking about whenever I look at her. Also, I feel so bad too. It seems like she might be wearing a different shade of makeup for her face. I don't know if anybody else noted this, noticed this, but it was driving me nuts. I felt bad. Or maybe she was just laying on the, the uh, bronzer thick. It. I, I think she'll probably fix it next season once she sees herself. But a couple things I just noticed that I feel like she's she's been there, done doing this before. She needs to turn up her game and step it up. Um, now going into Shannon Bador, I don't think it's a good sign that John doesn't want to move in with Shannon and the girls, and that he doesn't spend a lot of time there. To me, it's a giant red flag. As we know, they have since split up. So we're starting to kind of see some cracks and crevices of their relationship that might be going pretty downhill soon. Um, as far as drama on the show, so 
one of the big things that happened early on, we saw Tamara and Shannon had a falling out a couple years ago. I think it, to me, it seems like a very, like the run of the mill miscommunication of a friendship. One person needed the other person as they were going through a tough time. Someone said something that the other one didn't agree with. And all next thing you know, this sisterly relationship just totally shits the bed and they stopped talking for a couple years. I'm really glad to see that they have resolved their stuff. And it was rough in the first couple episodes. I did not think they were going to get to the place where they are now. They had that crazy lunch by the beach on that deck and yelling at each other. And I, uh, I don't know. It's I, I was surprised that the minute they got to Montana, they were all lovey-dovey over and, and having fun and at, with each other. But it seemed like it happened too soon. So I was really glad that Shannon addressed, hey, like, let's talk about what happened and how I was feeling and how you were feeling. They did this in Montana. So I'm I'm really glad that she called out the bullshit because I was thinking the whole time, how are they already over this drama that they were ready to murder each other over? It was crazy. So that was a really big um, thing that we've seen that we've kind of moved past. And then the drama between Taylor and Heather, Heather over this movie. I thought it was weird, too, that Taylor was offering a movie role that was not necessarily hers to offer. Unless we didn't get the full story there. Maybe the production was like, we give you full reign. Go ahead and let her ask her if she wants to take this role. But then nobody sends any details, no contract, no nothing. Just seemed a little bit weird and unprofessional. So I I understood where Heather was coming from. Um, but for the fact that, that Tamara and Taylor are refusing to say that they talked crap on Heather, that session of them pulling up their IMDb was literally the definition of talking crap about somebody. They were making fun of the productions that she was in, how long it had been since she'd been in something. It was really sad. And, you know, Heather, I think this is a soft spot for her because she so much wants to take ownership over her career and get back to it. And I felt bad for her. I know that when she watches that, it's going to be really hard for her. And I'm sure she's going to bring it up at the reunion. Um, because she's very sensitive over her her wanting to, you know, be a professional actress again. Um, I thought when she handed it back to the girls, though, that was fantastic. Like she really threw it in their faces. And I, I don't know, like it was it was drop the mic moment, truly. So, um, I was really glad that she clapped back at Taylor and Tamra for making fun of her. Um, and and Tamra, I wish, wasn't so defensive. I mean, she is the – like, her track record – let's look at it, you guys. She denies, 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 backpedals, and then tries to spin it and, and throw somebody else under the bus, and the cycle just continues. That's why she is – a good housewife and great on the show because she's frustrating, but she also keeps things going. She keeps the drama fueled. And so I don't know. It's, I love that her and Shannon are, like I said, Tamara and Shannon are back together, but 
I'm not sure that this Heather relationship, it sounds like Heather is already feeling left out from the new group of amigas that are there. So it's going to be an interesting season for, for Heather, I think, continuously to find her place amongst these women again, even though Tamara has just full embraced and jumped right into it again. Um, but they head to Montana, and, and I've already kind of touched on some of the stuff where they have. Now, I am liking the Montana vibes. It's it's filling that hole in my life where Yellowstone isn't on right now. So I am loving the scenery and them just being super cheesy in their cowboy attire, that pretending like they're going to go camp outside when no way in hell they ever would. Uh, but it's it's been fun. There are a couple like little bit of boring moments, but um, I... I really thought it was, it's been fun so far to watch them. One of the things that I loved the most was this last episode. Um, so I'm recording this on Tuesday night, which there is a new episode tonight. So I'm talking about last week when they went fly fishing and whitewater rafting. I was dying laughing and watching Tamara whitewater raft and holding her paddle straight up in the air and just yelling, like all of them yelling at her, you have to paddle, you have to paddle. And meanwhile, the instructor, the guy who's at the back of the boat, his balls are hanging out and they are just dying. Taylor makes a joke about spaghetti and meatballs. And it's just the absolute funniest thing that I think I've seen in a while. Only then for it to cut to the girls that are fly fishing and they're falling and slipping all over the place and talk, like getting water down their waders. It's so funny. And why did Gina think that there was a lobster in the water? It's This is fresh water. I don't think there's lobsters in fresh river water, if I'm not mistaken. But correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not aware of some freshwater lobsters. Um, but it was so funny. I, I absolutely loved it. And then we also see Heather is a stoner, had no idea about that. And I, I just loved the high montage when they were all after they were smoking this montage of them dancing and it's all blurry and they're being silly and so high. It was absolutely hilarious. I could watch it over and over again. So love that moment. Um, but did anyone catch – so there's the whole drama that's happening with Gina around how she is very triggered, let's say, by Jen and Ryan's relationship and the cheating and the infidelity. Of course, we saw Gina go through a ton a couple of years ago and is now in a very happy place with Travis. But she – she is is definitely taking it to an extreme. I thought the minute she started crying, I was like, oh, dang. Like she clearly has not really addressed this part of like how much the infidelity affected her to trust other people. So she needs to work on it. I disagree with Heather saying that Travis isn't her therapist. I 100% think that if your relationship is strong, you should be able to talk to them about anything and of course, like within reason, it shouldn't be a broken record at that point. Like if you're talking about it over and over and over and over and over again, yeah, maybe you do need to go talk to somebody that's unbiased and and can, you know, give you some some advice. But Travis is willing and able to be there for Gina. And I loved the fact that he she he said, I have really big shoulders. I can carry the weight. Like 
talk to, I want you to talk to me about it. So I just thought he was wonderful and very, very comforting for her. So I, I was very glad that she didn't take Heather's advice and continued to open up to Ryan about it or Ryan. Oh my God, Travis about it. So love, love their relationship, but she, you know, Gina and the gals get into it around the campfire and, and Shannon is trying to apologize Gina for kind of triggering her about the infidelity stuff. Did anyone catch the moment where somebody goes, I'm on fire. And then nobody, nobody addresses it. I want to know who is on fire as Shannon was apologizing to Gina. It was absolutely amazing. Like literally I'm on fire. And then nothing ever happens after that. But they made a very critical like point to put the quotes or the captioning on the screen. Of course, I listened to or I watch shows with captions. So, but I'm almost certain that it was the type of captions where the show puts it in there because it's so funny. Oh man. But loving it all so far. Now, um, the episode ends with the women talking to their men about what's been going on in terms of Ryan, you know, making a comment about I've, I I want to sleep with her in reference to Tamara. And then Eddie finding out that like Tamara says to Eddie, you know, he did say this. And, and so I know. And now the boys are kind of all getting revved up and they're claiming that they're going to talk about it. I'm not really sure. I, you know, I'm sure the guys will be able to iron it out pretty quickly, but who knows about these women? I, I don't know that, that I feel like Tamara's going to get in pretty hot water for stirring this up. Um, and I'm not sure that Ryan and them are ever going to admit it, any sort of saying it. Do I think he said it? I think he probably said it like half-assed joking in passing to somebody at the gym that just so happened to be friends with Tamara. And then they repeated it and he probably didn't even remember ever saying it. That's what I think happened. And now he's like, what? I didn't say that because he literally wasn't even thinking. It just came out of his mouth. So who knows? I mean, the guy's sketch. I, I, I think I just get a weird vibe from him. I think he seems kind of slimy. Um, but I also find it very interesting that, that – and on top of the reason why Jen and Ryan are kind of iffy, like I'm on the outs with them, is because – Jen is talking about how she used to be in a Trace Amigas group with this other girl, Heather, not the Heather we know, but a, this blonde that used to go to Cut Fitness as well, and Tamara that used to be like this tripod Trace Amigas. And Heather was warning Jen about Ryan and made Jen kind of question like, is this guy really being faithful, whatnot. And all of a sudden, Heather gets ousted, and now she's not part of the friend group anymore. And now Jen and Ryan are still together that we know of. Find it very, very interesting and convenient and seems like a case of, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You're not supporting me and goodbye. So just my thoughts. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about Jen and Ryan. I, I'm, I'm not loving them. I'm yeah, something, something's up. And, um, but over the, other than that, loving the season, loving the Montana energy and I'm excited to keep watching. Seems like it's going to get pretty good. So hope you guys are loving it too. Let's talk about Atlanta next. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. 
Oh man, I, you know, I, I'm enjoying this season. However, I had this moment in the last episode, not the recent one from this Sunday, but the one before where Kim Zolciak, Deshaun, Lisa, and Sheree were sitting around a table and I was like, damn, I wish these ladies were back because I'm just not feeling some of these women. Sonia, she's okay, but there's just something about her that I don't find that exciting to watch. And then Drew, anybody that puts up with a guy like Ralph, no offense, I'm also not feeling you. And oh my goodness. the I mean, people say what they want to say about Marlo, but Marlo is great TV. She's great fashion. She's great clapback. She's amazing commentary. And that is what we need. Candy's also giving me a lot this season. Usually I'm kind of on the fence with her because she can be a little bit cold, but she's really diving in full force this season. And I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a, and and like the two new girls, Courtney and, um, oh gosh, hold on. I'm going to blank on her name and I want to get it right. Starts with an M. Hold on. (laughs) There's so many women. Moneta. Moneta. She's she's okay. Her and Courtney are kind of blah. I I think some of the friends in the past were a lot better. Kenya is just being Kenya this this season and Sheree has given it too. So honestly, I think Marlo, Kenya, and Sheree and Candy are carrying it on their backs and the rest of them can go away and bring back Kim Zolciak and maybe even Nini, and I would be overjoyed. Actually, no, scratch that. I would take out Nini because who knows if she's ever going to come back to Bravo given what she's had, the bridges she's burned, but bring back somebody like Portia. Hell yes. I love Portia. She's one of my all-time favorites. Or even Phaedra because everyone knows she's my number one housewife of all time. Sorry, not sorry. She's fantastic television. If you haven't ever watched Phaedra Parks, you got to look at what she did and what she brought to the Berserkshire's ultimate girls trip. Absolutely fantastic. And she's just the best, like Southern and hilarious and amazing outfits. Yes. I love her so much. Anyways, I got off on a tangent. This season's going okay. I think one of the things I'm having trouble with is actually keeping up with every single fight that's happening. It is getting so sticky. So we have Sonia is having major issues with her family because she's employing them and you should never mix family with business. Everybody should know this. And she continues to employ her sister, her brother-in-law, and it is going to ship. And she's also living with them. I'm not sure what planet she thinks she's on, but for this not to go down in disaster, she's living in a pipe dream. Then we have Candy getting into the craziest fight I have ever seen her get into with Marlo. To me, the beef around Marlo's nephew having used to work at Candy's restaurant, 
I was on Marlo's side initially. And then as Candy explained the situation, I actually kind of flipped over to her side once I understood her perspective. So Candy confirms that Marlo's nephew, who was shot off the premises by, I believe, another coworker, somebody, it might not even have been a coworker. So I apologize um, if I'm getting that wrong. But Candy never apologized or said anything or sent flowers for the death of um, Marlo's nephew, who, who was a chef at Candy's restaurant. We find out that he actually wasn't working there anymore due to COVID. So he wasn't an employee. It probably wasn't even on Candy's radar. And it sounds like it wasn't, although Candy found out through Marlo and through other people. And at the time, Candy was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And she left it at that. And I don't know what else Marlo wanted her to do. But I think at the end of the day, Marlo just wanted some sort of acknowledgement to be like, hey, he used to be part of our, you know, employee, like family and maybe give her more of a, a bigger gesture. But Marlo never communicated that. And now it's like a couple years later. It's two years later and Marlo's bringing this up and going crazy about it. I just don't think she ever dealt with it at the time of. And now she's kind of putting that blame back on Candy, which I don't think is appropriate. So that fight, though, was wild. Um, and the group has now was divided. So it was Marlo, Sonia, and Sheree in one corner. We got Candy, Drew, and Kenya, Manetta, and Courtney, maybe, in another corner. Um, but it's the Gucci party, which was a couple episodes ago. It was really making me laugh. Um, Sheree, you know, was patting herself on the bat for making almost half the group make up at this Gucci party which I do think it worked, but there was still some crazy stuff happening between like Candy and Candy and Sheree. I think Sheree might be the most infuriating person to have an argument with ever. She talks in circles. She gets super defensive and she starts to make these really weird noises. If anybody remembers how Sheree and Marlo met and argued many years ago, it is an argument that will go down in the history books. It's this one where Sheree is basically like, they're making these noises back and forth and tilting their heads and they're like, oh, 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 you are? It's crazy. Sheree just starts to like mimic and like, I don't think she's very good with her words. So to go up against somebody like a Candy or a Marlo, Sheree's never going to win. So the only way that she can win is almost like by turning crazy and, and getting defensive and starting to mock. It's a sight to be seen. And then on top of it all, Drew's filming a music video. I mean, I'm just so disinterested in what Drew is doing. When she got up on stage and sang at Candace's event, it was like 2.5 seconds and she dragged everybody out. I get that she's trying to get into her music career again, but she's using this platform to try to spark a fire in something that might already be dead, her music career. I think she should stick to acting. It's my opinion. And on top of that, we find out one of the most interesting things about Drew that we don't even, we had never heard anything about was her relationship with her sister. I really enjoyed watching them talk about that relationship and how her sister managed her. That was, that was interesting and how she was like her manager for the last 20 plus years since she was eight years old and she's 20 years older than her. Holy crap. 
I couldn't believe that that just came out. We have never talked about her sister and the fact that Ralph did not allow her sister in their house. What? And she was going through all this mental kind of crisis stuff. Like I just, it's hard to wrap your mind around that, to be honest. So that's, that was really interesting to learn. Um, we start to see Marlo go on dates. And I also love how much Marlo we're getting with her nephews this year. I, I love seeing her open up more. I think last season, her it being her first season, she kind of got a bad rap and a bad edit. I'm going to take a sip of water. One sec. I was disappointed last year. Um, Marlo, Marlo can do better and she's always done better. So I am very happy with how she's showing up this season. She's opening up. She's talking about her family. We're getting to see her go on dates. I want her to find some love, but I will say I'm kind of over her being like, and they need to be rich and they got to have money and blah, blah, blah. And then the girls are calling her a gold digger and this and that, but then she's getting upset at the girls for calling her that. So it's, it's kind of this, like, what do you, what do you want to be known for? Why, why do you want to be, do you want to be known for only dating rich guys? And that's all you're into because that's kind of what you're giving off now. Well, moving on. Um, I don't know. I think I want to talk a little bit more about Sonia really quick. Um, I don't think she's very aware of how she speaks to her family and how she talks to them. And, and it sounds like, you know, her and her sister got into it in the last episode where she didn't even communicate with her sister on what time she was supposed to be to the event to do her hair and her makeup and wasn't telling her the plan for the day. She seems super wrapped up in all these things. It sounds like she just needs to get like hire an assistant. I'm not sure why she insists on putting this on her family. Hire a dang assistant and have them help you. What is the problem? So I'm hoping that we don't see other relationships of her family crash and burn. Um, we also get a lot of of Kenya and her, you know, stuff lately. I definitely was cringing so hard when she took them on that trip to what was it, Alabama, and then got taken away by an ambulance. I don't know what that was all about. It was I was just kind of rolling my eyes at the fact that she had them at this really janky dinner and and fun. I don't even know if it was a fundraiser or what it was, but it was and they got kicked out because they brought all the camera crews. So aside from that, I like what she's bringing in terms of this new relationship, this guy Roy. I'm I'm surprised that she is opening up and, and bringing another guy. I don't know why I'm surprised because she's done that for many years, but I'm just saying like with how much shit she's been through with Mark and they're not legally divorced, I guess I just am a little bit surprised that she is being so public about dating someone else. I'm not sure how Mark is going to react to that. I don't think he should have any say, obviously, because they're going through divorce, but he strikes me as a person that's going to almost like use that against her for airing a new relationship on TV when they're not legally divorced yet. So I'm a little bit worried for her in that regard. I'm also worried that she's thinking about having another baby with Mark since they have the embryos. Like, do we want to deal with this guy any longer? It doesn't sound like a great idea. I'm I'm very nervous for that. Um, I touched on this a little bit already. So in the last, not this Sunday's episode, but the one before, 
We saw Lisa from early seasons and Deshaun, who I almost didn't recognize because her hair was so short. Um, plus Kim Zolciak at dinner with Sheree. It was like getting the gang back together. It was awesome. Kim addressed her marriage, which I found so just like I couldn't believe what we were watching. The she's talking like we're 11 years strong, baby. And you know, when I met Titus, um, he actually saw me from afar and and said, like, yep, I just knew then, and we have never been happier, happier. And that their house that's in foreclosure is a bunch of BS and and hasn't even been reported by legitimate tabloids, which she said page six and TMZ were legitimate. <laughs> it, that was the underlying like what I got because she was referencing others not being legitimate. So she was like, even page six and TMZ haven't reported that. So I don't know. At the end of the day, seeing that and then seeing their supposed divorce, which is no longer play out in the in the press like over the last few weeks, or even two months, I think it's been this 100% now I'm even more sold that it's a publicity stunt. She's trying to make drama and stir something up so that they can get back in the press and so that she can get back on the show. Because where is their money coming from? Their show is done. I think they have a makeup line or maybe it's over. I'm not sure anymore. I'm sure they're probably doing cameos and maybe some appearances, but where does the money come from? They have a bajillion kids and a really massive house and and very luxurious taste, all these wigs and make getting their makeup and hair done every single day. Where is it coming from? I just don't get it and there's something sketchy going on there. So I'm not really buying buying it. So anyways, um we have then we go into this recent ep- episode. Um, K- Drew is getting an offer for Candy's movie, which I'm curious how that is going to go down. And then we find out that Marlo has gone on a date with Roy, which I just do not see that turning up very well. Um, and all of a sudden, Sheree, out of nowhere, we're at this dinner. They're ge- gearing up to go to Portugal. And Sheree brings up Drew's lawsuit about not paying for stuff and really in saying something to Drew about like, is this chef going to get paid for this dinner today? Are you going to pay him? Because I've seen some stuff in the press. And what the hell does she think like that's going to do? That it's going to go down well? If she says some shit like that, I just sometimes Sheree needs to shove her foot in her mouth. I Because she says things and then she can never like actually fight back. Like she, at the very end of the episode, they start going at it because Sheree is all, I think at the end of the day, Sheree was pissed about Drew talking shit about um, She by Sheree after the last season and how they didn't get any swag and how um, Marlo got a bunch of shirts and hats, but they didn't and somebody took it back from them. Just an entire mess. And so Sheree's hold, held on to that and is looking for anything she can to like shove it in Drew's face says this thing about the lawsuit and then is just sitting there like not able to really clap back or like argue at all. She just starts her typical like spinning around in circles. So I don't know if I can watch another fight with Sheree. It's honestly torture. Um, but I am excited for them in Portugal. The Portugal trip is, looks fantastic. The hotel is stunning. Um, we are starting to see some cracks in Jew's marriage. She starts to talk about how 
Ralph is going to Vegas and how she's not really sure what he's up to. So I don't know. I'm really, I think we're going to start to see that more and more. It looks like in the preview, which looks wild, that Drew is hooking up with a female basketball player. I did not, where was I? I think I might, was I living in Iraq when all this was going down? Because I do not remember this at all. I'm going to have to do some more research, um, but I'm not going to talk about it probably until we air and see the footage because I want to get more information from the horse's mouth. But we'll see what happens. Um, I will say though, Drew, I still am out on her. Like it doesn't matter. And no matter what happens with her, her and Ralph, I think just her as a person is kind of like not the most likable. I don't, I can't put my finger on it. Um, the zebra, the ugly zebra look in her confessional certainly isn't helping though. I will say that. Wow. I am being so mean today. <laughs> so sorry. Um, I'm just speaking my truth. So whatever. Anyways. Um, yeah. And then we have a really lame fight where Courtney is kind of touching and poking at Kenya and Kenya's like, please stop touching me. She says it in a very respectful way, which I was shocked about. She was like, Hey, I just don't like that. And then Courtney brings it up later and is like, what was up with that? And Kenya's just like, exactly what the other gal said where I'm, I'm setting boundaries. If I don't want to be touched and poked by you, like just don't do it. So I don't know. Every single day there's a different fight. It's so hard to keep track, but that's why we love this women. I still, I find myself spacing out how often I'm watching Atlanta because half the girls I don't care about and the other half I love. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to keep watching, of course, but I'm really hoping that at some point we can kind of carve some of this fat off of the cast and get some better players on board because this one, I'm not excited to watch it every every time it's on. Let's just say that, which I think speaks volumes. You should be excited. Well, this is a long one again, but we had a lot to catch up on and I didn't do, I'm not going to do Kardashians today because we had so much Kardashians last week, but I will add it in next week. Do not fret. And thanks for tuning in for another episode. I love you all. And um, I want to thank you just for listening and supporting me. And please, if you have not, go leave a review or comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It will immensely help. And just, I need some reviews on there, you guys. Help a sister out. Um, And leave a five-star review. I'll be your best friend forever. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a fabulous week. All right. Bye.